Mike Seibert Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and write into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. And the spelling on that, by the by, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T, exactly the way it sounds. Uh, this is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. It's a pop culture show from Seattle featuring interviews, independent artists, and occasionally more. And I am going to be honest right up front, just going to put this on front street. It is going to be a um, a mixed up goulash of a podcast uh, this week uh, going all over the road, talking about all kinds of different uh, stuff and things. I'm... Um, um, I, I'm a little scrambled. I'm I'm a little mixed up and and a little out of sorts. Um, as I'm recording this on Monday night, November the twelfth, two thousand eighteen, uh, Stan Lee passed away today, and that kind of uh, um, has loomed large over my entire day. I happened to find out uh, relatively early in the morning, and I posted on Facebook uh, shortly after hearing the news. Um, actually, no. Let me take a step back. Uh, shortly after corroborating the news, because uh, my wife and I, uh, Lucky, had seen uh, several posts that people were sharing on her timeline from TMZ reporting that Stanley had passed away. And, um, you know, I, I may not retain a whole lot of my journalistic education that I got at uh, Green River College when I was a uh, part of KGRG. But uh, one of the, the main things that we were taught is verify with three reliable sources at least. And um, TMZ is usually first. But that doesn't necessarily make them the most uh, reliable. Um, like I, I remember um, in uh, 2016 that they had reported that Carrie Fisher had passed away uh, when she had uh, that that um, uh, heart attack on that flight that she was taking. Um, she, you know, obviously uh, later passed away um, a number of days later um, and never regained consciousness. But but still, the point was they were saying like that day that that she had passed and and. That wasn't exactly true. But um, my point being is like, you know, I, um, you know, did we did our our journalistic due diligence. And once I saw, you know, Hollywood Reporter, uh, Variety and um, a, a couple other sites that were all, you know, several minutes after the TMZ uh, report, then then uh, I knew it to be true that uh, that Stan Lee had passed away at 95 years old. Now, um 
uh, oh, sorry, I, I I got all over the road and started. Uh, um, anyway, I, I had posted on Facebook that my day from that point forward would be divided into two halves before I learned that Stanley had passed away. And then after I had learned that Stanley had passed away. So as I, as I mentioned to you a moment ago, I'm, I'm a little out of sorts. Uh, as, as you can already hear now, I'm a little discombobulated, uh, maybe uh, um, a little more um, unorganized that, that I'm um, accustomed to. Uh, but I thought it was important... Uh, because I mean, I I had a foot out the door, guys. I uh, I was actually going to uh, go home and kind of collect my thoughts and maybe write some notes, do an outline, and maybe just kind of do a more uh, thorough uh, tribute. But I thought better of it and realized that it it might be more better served for me to just kind of put this hot take in a bottle and kind of maybe have that um, be what I share on the internet for now because I um, as as I've said on the show uh, many many times, I'm not a journalist. I have, uh, you know, journalistic tendencies and education. And through my work, I occasionally flirt with journalism. And I'm not going to lie that the times where I have committed acts of journalism, it is uh, very satisfying. Um, I don't talk about my work often, and I'm not necessarily going to get into it here. But there, there has been a time or two where, like you know, I I've been instrumental in in scooping national news or something where we're sharing a breaking story as it's happening um, in real time. And there's there is something uniquely satisfying about sharing events as they happen as opposed to having that time of reflection to you know um reflection sounds better and more complete but um yeah there there's something to be said for the immediacy and the intimacy of the now so um so i'm i'm going to talk about um you know i i i've got a clip i'm going to share and i'm going to kind of talk about um you know how how the works of stanley have you know kind of influenced me and left an impression on me um uh but before we get into any of that a quick programming note i had posted on facebook earlier in the week on uh, Mike Seibert Radio Facebook that uh, this week was initially going to be um, our Bohemian Rhapsody review and uh, my good buddy Dave Sanders was uh, uh, going to be a guest on the show and uh, we were going to talk about the movie and you know kind of do one of those uh, deep dive style um, reviews um, unrelated to the news I, as I said I, I'm, I'm a little discombobulated but uh, but unrelated to uh, this morning's uh, tragic news uh, Dave reached out to me uh, over the weekend and uh, uh, shared with me that he's fighting laryngitis and he's uh, um, he lost his voice for a while there or was was really close to it and even now he messaged me he's like well I've got good news and I got bad news I um, you know the voice is kind of back but uh, I still have kind of a wicked cough so um, that uh, that show is uh, you know going to be uh, rescheduled and postponed I don't want to necessarily uh, commit 
to uh, doing it next week because it's uh, it's contingent on Dave feeling better. I I told him that it'll keep um, because I uh, um, he he is a lifetime Queen fan in a way that I'm not necessarily. I love the music of Queen, and I uh, um, I can talk pretty extensively about the the movie and what I thought of it, and as uh, um, as well as a bunch of other hot takey stuff. But I thought rather than uh, you know trying to push it and force it, we're just going to postpone it for now. And when he's feeling up to it, uh, we'll uh, definitely get him on the show. And we we were even talking about. Um, uh, some of the ideas that he had to kind of spruce up the show a little bit. Um, I think um, now, now again, uh, Dave and I were on KGRG together uh, a few years ago. Uh, he was the producer of the morning show that, that I was occasionally a part of. Um, and anyway, so he and I go back, but um, I, I think he's just itchy to get into uh, some production and editing and producing and, and kind of, kind of messing around with some podcasts audio before he uh, relaunches his own uh, podcast uh, that that he's uh, currently working on anyway he's he, he he pitched a handful of different ideas to me that I thought were really cool really exciting so I think because of that extra production it's probably gonna take a little longer after we uh, produce it um, I'm rambling um, but uh, Dave and I will be talking about Bohemian Rhapsody uh, the movie uh, in the future um, stay uh, uh, just just uh, kind of watch my social media and kind of listen to future episodes um, uh, for updates on that. But one thing I did want to share with you, and the, it, it's it's just kind of a weird kismet type thing. I was uh, driving to work this afternoon, um, and I was listening to the latest episode of Fat Man Beyond with uh, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard. And it's it's one of my favorite podcasts. It you know it's evolved from uh, Fat Man on Batman, which is which is uh, what the podcast started off with. But I, as much as I like Kevin Smith, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard fan and I draw a lot of inspiration from him. It's well documented in, in this podcast, so I'm not going to dwell on that. But I don't talk enough about how much I enjoy Mark Bernardin's uh, take on pop culture and things. He, uh, he, um, where, whereas Kevin Smith will be very wide-eyed and optimistic and sees the great in everything, whereas uh, Mark is a little more world-weary, maybe a little more cynical, and as but but he doesn't. He has a way of presenting things where he's not shitty about it. He's he doesn't like, you know, outwardly trash things in a way that uh, other podcasters and even myself. I mean, I I, I can get um, notoriously shitty about things when when I get worked up enough. Uh, but but I just I just like Mark's presentation. He's got like just just enough snark um uh, enough of that snark sneeze seasoning to uh, uh make uh, make the whole thing delicious this analogy is stupid but anyway i wanted to share with you just this little tiny bit of uh of uh fat man beyond where uh kevin is i'm sorry where mark is telling kevin about his hot take watching bohemian rhapsody uh i saw a different music movie 
What one? Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, shit. Yeah. Made all the money this week. It made all the money. And I, if you remember, at our San Diego show, I went long and hard on how excited I was that there would be a Queen movie. Yes. Uh, Wait. It's a Queen movie. Bohemian Rhapsody or Venom? I will say that Bohemian Rhapsody has better songs. (laughs) But... (laughs) Put that shit on a poster. <laughs> Better songs than Venom, Bohemian Rhapsody. It, uh, it, is, it is not a great movie. It, uh, it's, it's, it's montage for too much of it. It's one of those like, hey, it's Freddie Mercury. He's got an amazing voice. He joins Queen. Queen's amazing. Suddenly they're rock stars. We need the standard rich and famous contract. Here's your rich and famous contract. We're touring Japan. We're going everywhere. Are you sure you didn't see A Star is Born? Because that's exactly the Real fucking route right? it takes. You know, then it's like, Freddie, he said he's, he got married once. Remember that? Turns out, bisexual. No, you're gay. I'm bisexual. Gay. Bisexual. Gay. Gay. Okay. And then, we're famous. We're still famous. And then, I isolated all my friends. And what's going on? Drinking too much. Cut a song with Bowie, maybe. I don't know. Oh, shit. I got this disease that seems to be infecting the gay community. I need to tell people about it, but not yet, because I want to keep it a secret. And, oh, hey, man, you want to go play Live Aid? I don't know. I haven't sang in a while. I'm spoiling most of this movie, by the way. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody in one minute by Mark Bernard and ladies and gentlemen, give it up for him. He's almost done. Almost done. Take us home. Take, Take us, us home. home. He's like, we got to do this one concert. What's the concert? It's going to be fucking Live Aid, man. Bob Geldof, what's he doing? He's gathering every fucking rock star in the world. A billion people can watch this concert. Well, Queen's never played in front of that many people before, but we should before we go. Can you look at yourself in the mirror and say, we didn't play Live Aid because we were afraid Freddie couldn't sing? No, we're going to fucking do Live Aid. What do they do? Live Aid. 25 minutes here of this movie is just Live Aid. Literally, they recreate the entire Live Aid concert, and it's awesome because it's Live Aid. Right. And it's Queen. And... Every time they're singing, every time Rami Malek is doing his thing, every time the band that's cast because they look exactly like the band that was Queen, mm. like pretends to be playing instruments, it's awesome. Like once they charge the end of this movie with, with AIDS and with legacy and with like, can he do it one last time? It's amazing. But everything before that last 40 minutes is like you watched a bad documentary about Queen. Mm. Also, further spoiler, Mike Myers is in this movie. <laughs> Mike Myers plays a record executive, the guy who uh, decided to, like, on a whim, say, all right, fuck it, I guess you guys can do Bohemian Rhapsody. And then they cut Bohemian Rhapsody into this, like, sort of pretty cool sequence about how you make a song that fucking daffy. And then the band brings it back into this record executive, and Mike Myers sits there behind a desk as the camera pushes in slowly and says, do you really think that kids in their cars are going to be banging their heads to this fucking song? And I just like, like a slow tear as I realized that this entire fucking sequence is built up to Mike Myers doing a Wayne's World joke. Wow. And that's when I was like, fuck you, movie. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't fucking earn that at all. Uh, But it's better than Venom because it has better songs. Movie reviews by Mark Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I probably left way more of that in there than I intended to. I I uh, uh, I'll confess, I got lost in listening to it. I've I've listened to that particular clip like I don't know uh, three or four times uh, before I uh, started recording, and I it w- it was really just the rapid fire stuff I wanted to get. But um, uh, oh yeah, sorry, uh, spoilers. 
for Bohemian Rhapsody, I should probably uh, uh, put that in the show notes there. I'm not going to go back and edit it. It just is what it is. I um, uh, just to, you know, keep my hot takes uh, in in my holsters, I'll, I'll just keep those uh, hot guns uh, uh, holstered for now. Um, the only thing I will say is that I don't agree with everything Mark says. Um, I will also say that I agree with some of what Mark says and that I will also say that I enjoyed the movie. Um, uh, I, I'm sure that Dave and I will unpack it more um, because he uh, he has thoughts and hot takes that I uh, I have asked him not to share with me. But through some of the 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 comments that we've passed back and forth, I think there's I think I can kind of see through the veil a little bit and kind of see uh, where he's at. But anyway, just just to get myself onto a different topic, I want to open it up to you. Um, you know, if you saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, or even uh, Star is Born, because they refer to that in there, too. I, I have uh, specific thoughts about that movie that I'm sure will uh, spill over into my conversation with Dave. Um, because they're, uh, you know, as, as you heard uh, Kevin Smith just say, that they, they are awfully similar um, in spots. But um, um, I just want to leave that there for right now. But I, I know I saw... Um, a uh, handful of folks I interact with on Facebook were, you know, overwhelmingly positive about it. You know, um, a good friend of the show, uh, Ernie uh, Skeeter, um, as he's more known on the Autopod Decepticast. Uh, you know, uh, his uh, his first hot take that I remember seeing on Facebook was that um, he was excited that Delilah uh, was included in the movie. Um, and I know uh, my good friend from KGRG, Andrea, um, you know, she was... Uh, 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 she was really pleased with the movie as well. And I, um, I, you know, so last week, oh gosh, let me see. I am going all over the road. Um, a couple weeks ago during episode 180, I think I was talking about, uh, Paul Allen and, you know, uh, uh skipping ahead, uh, spoilers a little bit. This Stan Lee thing is going to sound very, very similar. Um, but, uh, but, I had uh, the the weather has been, uh, you know, it's been November here in Seattle. And uh, last Sunday, uh, the the weather was really nice. You know, it's like uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was crisp. It was brisk. You know, it was cold, but it was still sunny. It was a sunny, clear day. And on my way home from work, I um, I stopped by the Cinerama movie theater at Fourth Lenora and, you know, got out of my car and and, you know, I took a uh, selfie in front of the Cinerama. It was a it was a Seahawks game day. So I was wearing my jersey. And it just it just, uh, you know, felt very appropriate to get, you know, like the um, because that's when the Seattle Seahawks were doing their uh, tribute to Paul Allen that day. Um, So anyway, I just thought with it being Seahawks game day, it was a sunny day, got a selfie of myself in front of the Cinerama movie theater, which I had uh, uh, promised listeners to episode 180 that I was, you know, try to uh, send some pictures out and hadn't because the weather wasn't good. Uh, But anyway, so I did that. 
long story short, or long story longer, um, I I sent that out. I posted it, and uh, Natalie, who is also um, a, uh, a classmate of mine at uh, Green River and KGRG, um, had had shared with me that she was actually watching the uh, uh, a screening of Bohemian Rhapsody the exact same time I was there outside. Uh, in front of the movie theater taking that selfie. So I thought I just thought that was like a really, really, really weird um, kismet type thing. And uh, uh, she really dug the movie as well. So I'm uh, um, I'm really excited to uh, talk about it and unpack it. But um, but yeah, so, you know, uh, aside from all those hot takes, I mentioned, what do you think? Um, you know, do you? Uh, send me a comment, you know, uh, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, uh, at MikeSybertRadio, and just uh, let me know what you thought of the movie, and if there's anything, uh, you know, particularly nitpicky, because, um, again, Dave is a lifelong Queen fan, and I know he can go super deep with the history, so if you've, if there were, because it's my understanding there's uh, some liberties taken with, uh, with the time line and things like that so if you want credit for that kill when we talk about it on the podcast uh let me know and i i would love to include that as uh um as part of the discussion and even like you know what would you think about what mark had to say uh because again i i agree with some of what he said um uh but not all of it and i disagree with some of what he said but but not all of it but anyway so i i thought that would just be um a cool way to kind of set the table for a future episode um and yeah so uh, uh before we move on i wanted to uh, share with you a quick update on the kickstarter for the weird al rules music video uh, again that's a, a, a speed drawing style music video for the song weird al rules by mega thruster um uh, chris waffle from the band and artist rebecca hicks were my guests uh during uh last week's show uh that's going to be episode number 182 uh you can go and check that out they can tell you more about the project uh, but I just wanted to let you know uh, there are uh, three days left in the Kickstarter, so this is the home stretch, and I uh, just wanted to give you a, uh, a couple updates from uh, last week's uh, conversation. Uh, so stretch goal number two was uh, was an exclusive sticker, uh, which has since been revealed. It's uh, it's uh, um, an electric guitar, and it says uh, "Kindness is Metal." Uh, uh, drawn and designed by Rebecca Hicks. I thought that was pretty cool. And there is one remaining uh, stretch goal that has not been unlocked, and it's a uh, Kindness is Metal t-shirt, also designed by Rebecca Hicks. And um, so if you wanted to increase your pledge or if you wanted to uh, back the Kickstarter if you haven't, uh, uh, get them over that last final uh, stretch goal to unlock the uh, t-shirt, that would be great um but the uh, uh since we last spoke uh stretch goal number four the thank you song has since been unlocked uh so mega thruster is going to write a thank you song um that will include um all of us uh, myself included um see see again 
um, uh, as I confessed to both Chris and Rebecca uh, last week, um, I think sometimes I find myself backing Kickstarter pro- uh, projects uh, just out of vanity. Where um, you know, if uh, I mean, because yeah, I mean, I'm going to get drawn into the music video, and uh, now I'll be included in a thank you song. It's it's uh, it's incredibly ego stroking, but uh, no, it's it, it's an awesome project. I believe in it very much, and um, and I hope I can uh, encourage you to as well but I, I i'm really stoked for uh for what that song might turn out to be uh chris had mentioned it might be a uh, we didn't start the fire style uh riff on uh you know uh giving shout outs to kickstarter backers and and all that that just sounds like a lot of fun but um i'll have a link in the show notes but um but this is dropping late late monday night or early tuesday morning depending upon your time zone um so uh get on it if you haven't yet it looks like there is a spot or two still available at a pledge level where you can be included and drawn into the music video um uh yeah so there's a couple of those left if you're interested uh walk don't run jump on that now and uh and get in on some of that and um you know what you know as i as i'm uh, uh talking to you now i can i i can feel my mood kind of uh pepping up a little bit um i i think maybe uh hanging out with you on a podcast and talking into a microphone is maybe what I needed to kind of shake myself out of my funk a little bit. Um, so, um, I still have some Stanley stuff I, I want to uh, share and talk about, but, uh, I just, I just realized as I was organizing my thoughts here that maybe I just kind of go through, uh, some of the, uh, extra stuff I wanted to talk about, maybe some, uh, kind of chronologically. Um, and like I was just saying, you know, as, as, I was going, I, I, I think I'm just kind of reshuffling the deck and, um, I think I'll just kind of talk about stuff, uh, that I came across, uh, chronologically as I went through my day. So there are, uh, two movies I want to talk about and I do have some, uh, uh, trailers and some hot takes for you. So I don't know about you, but I I have this uh this this uh just wretched habit when I get up first thing in the morning. I uh first thing I look at is my phone. And first thing I look for is notifications, whether it's on any of my social networks, you know, whether it's, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, and I just go through those. And then after checking my notifications, I just find myself just kind of scrolling through uh, uh, through my timeline a little bit. And um, so something like, you know, I, I haven't even rubbed the sleep out of my eyes yet. And I see a headline on uh comicbook.com that reads Toy Story 4 poster revealed. And, you know, comicbook.com is uh, notorious for just clickbait garbage. They have a lot of really good stuff as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's I mean, as, as a pop culture news aggregate, it's, I mean, you could do worse, and I, I typically find a lot of things first through them, but I also find myself uh, wading through a bunch of garbage and a bunch of lists that I don't need, and anyway, sorry, I, I don't mean to uh, take down comicbook.com, uh, you know, you can, uh, you can uh, uh, tweet me at Mike Seibert Radio, uh, or you could send me an email at MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com, I would love to write articles for you, <laughs> anyway, uh, so no, I, I see this, uh, 
uh, posting about Toy Story 4 and the poster being released. It says, uh, Disney Pixar has released the first poster for Toy Story 4. The poster features Woody tipping his hat towards onlookers at the June 2019 release date. And it it's it is just that. It's just it's just the Woody doll just staring. Um and uh, the Toy Story 4 was released alongside the first teaser trailer for the movie, uh, which will run ahead of Ralph Breaks the Internet in theaters. Um, so here's the film synopsis. And this was kind of red flag number one for me. Uh, quote, Woody has always been confident about his place in the world and that his priority is taking care of his kid, whether that's Annie or Bonnie. But when Bonnie adds a reluctant new toy called Forky to her room, a road trip adventure alongside old and new friends will show Woody how big the world can be for a toy. Uh, directed by Josh Cooley, uh, who directed uh, Riley's first date question mark and produced by Jonas Riviera of Inside Out and Up fame and uh, Mark Nielsen who was an associate producer on Inside Out Disney Pixar Toy Story 4 ventures into US theaters on June 21st 2019 and to this I ask before I roll the trailer uh, for this movie is who is this for and why are we doing this Lots of dancing. You got Woody. You got Buzz. You got Jesse. Yes, I'm watching this as, as it's rolling. Mr. Potato Head. And Mrs. Potato Head looking as lovely as ever. And Rex the Dinosaur. And... And... Ham the pig and the squeaky three-eyed thing. And the slinky dog, who not voiced by Jim Varney because he's been dead for 20 years. Next summer, it says. And then there's this. So yeah, uh, Forky is uh, appears to be a disposable spork that that seems to have limbs made out of pipe cleaners, which I don't know anybody in 2018 that needs pipe cleaners. I it it just. Oh man, I I I'm a huge curmudgeon about this for for a couple of reasons. One, you're not going to find a, a more masterful movie trilogy than the Toy Story movies. I mean, uh, it, it stands with. Uh, you know, the Back to the Future trilogy, uh, you know, the original Star Wars trilogy. And I mean, you get the idea. I don't want to name too many because I don't want to get myself into too much trouble. But um, and 
Toy Story 3 really caps things off in an incredibly satisfying way. I may or may not have found myself crying a couple times during that movie. In fact, when I first saw it, I didn't actually roll any tears, but I got really welly. It was weird because like I I watched it like well, oh, I don't know, like like a year after it came out on uh, uh, 3D Blu-ray, um, uh, my wife and I were watching it at home uh, over a uh, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And yeah, for some reason, it was watching it then, um, you know, and, and, and the end, the end always gets me. It's not, it's not um, the part of the movie that gets most uh, uh, grown ass men to cry. It's, it's when, um, spoilers for Toy Story 3, but uh, basically, you know... Uh, Andy hands over all of his toys uh, to this uh, this uh, uh, charming uh, uh, little girl Bonnie, and it's like you know, and and you can you can feel him, you know, kind of uh, you know he's okay with it, but still kind of not as he's you know kind of facing growing up and all of that, um, to the point where uh, only Woody is left in the box. You know, he's already given over Buzz, and uh, he picks up, and it's just it's just this this little little thing that that's uh, amazingly captured in animation just like that the uh the reluctance on Andy's face but then ultimately where he learns that you know sharing is uh you know is is, is a good thing um and you know being a uh, a 40 plus year old man child with way too many toys. Um, those, those movies really do kind of, kind of really mean a lot to me and, and speak to me in a lot of ways. Um, and, and at different times too, because, uh, I, 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 I can't litigate this now, but, um, uh, I, I, I feel like it should be left alone. I think it was cool when you're doing these TV specials, you know, where it was and they take place in the post Toy Story 3 uh, timeline. But but these were just little one off adventures. Um, I, I don't like the idea of revisiting it as a movie. And I don't and I certainly uh, don't necessarily appreciate where they're going with this, where like I. I, I I don't know what this movie is trying to say, but I'm pretty sure I I'm not on board with it. Um, I mean Tony Hale is fine. Who uh, voices Forky? Uh, you know him on you know Veep and Arrested Development. Dude's funny, but I just I don't I don't know. I I I don't need a talking spork in in my Toy Story. And incidentally, I thought that one of the original ideas for a fourth Toy Story movie was supposed to be kind of like a one-off adventure where they kind of reconcile what happened to Bo Peep, you know, uh, um, the character that Annie Potts voiced um, in in the first two movies. And she's just gone in Toy Story 3 and there's no explanation of it. And this other movie was kind of supposed to kind of reconcile that and have it be kind of like, you know, uh, another heart-wrenching adventure thing. Um, I hope this is the last one because I, um at least that's that's the way the press reads but i i don't know man i just um maybe just like uh star wars maybe i've finally outgrown toy story i don't know but um but anyway i um 
let me know what you think and you know uh, feel free and take me to task on that let's uh let's move on and this um i'm not even gonna set up i'm just gonna play for you welcome to rhyme city a celebration of the harmony between humans and pokemon tim your dad was a legend in this precinct if you are anything like your dad. I'm not. I remember. You wanted to be a Pokemon trainer when you were young. Yeah, that didn't really work out. Someone there? Whoever you are, I know how to use this. Oh, jeez. Here we go. I know. You can't understand me. But put down the stapler or I will electrocute you. Did you just talk? Whoa. Did you just understand me? Oh, my God. You can understand me. Stop. I've been so lonely. They try to talk to me all the time. All they hear is Pika Pika. Uh, you can hear him, right? Pika Pika. Pika Pika Pika, he's adorable. You're adorable. They can't understand me, kid. Can no one else hear him? I don't need a Pokemon, period. Then what about a world-class detective? Because if you want to find your pops, I'm your best bet. We're going to do this, you and me. Together. And that magic is called hope. Listen up. We got ways to make you talk. Or mine. Yeah. So tell us what we want to know. Pipe. Yes. Okay. I can. Shoving. Pushing. My problem is that I push people away and then hate them for leaving. He's saying you can shove it. What? I can shove it? Okay, that's it. No, we're switching roles. I'm bad cop. You're good cop. No, 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 no. We're not cops. In my head, I saw that differently. Yeah, so uh, Detective Pikachu, starring Ryan Reynolds as uh, as the titular Pokemon, and I don't know, dude. Like like I said, I just um, I I saw this uh, several times shared by bunch of people I know on Facebook, a lot of my friends and, and, uh, and otherwise, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, tons of shares and I just, I couldn't get away from it. So, um, there were a few different times where I just kind of stared and watched it without the sound on, you know how you do when you're just, uh, scrolling through, uh, your timeline and yeah, I actually wa- watch a lot of stuff that way, uh, without the, uh, without the sound on, but anyway, I, um, I, I don't know what to make of this. And I I'm not a Pokemon guy. I mean, I I know I've got um it, it's weird in in my in my friend group, my my peers or or whatever's, you know, I've like like for example, my buddy Dave is, you know, since he's um a few years younger than me, he kind of got in on some of that Pokemon stuff. I uh I ha- was I was already too old and it it largely passed me by. I don't know anything about Pokemon. Uh but here's the deal. 
this doesn't look terrible. And I think it's an interesting coup uh, to get Ryan Reynolds to voice this character and to really kind of take the um, uh, kind of live action uh, perspective that they're taking. I, yeah, I, in in a weird way, now if if you are playing the Mike Seibert Radio Transformers drinking game, um, you know I I would unscrew your Jack Daniels and and get ready because um, this almost feels like a movie for people that grew up with Pokemon when they were either kids or teenagers and are um, official, official adults now. Um, not to say that, you know, it's, you know, a uh, hard R or, you know, like, like that, uh, like that Titan show, you know, where we're just, you know, uh, brutalizing people and saying, fuck Batman for, for, it's not like that, but it does look like it has a, uh, PG bent to it. In fact, let me take a look and see the rating on this. Okay, uh, we're we're kind of doing the uh, this film is not yet rated type of thing, but I it wouldn't surprise me if this uh, this went for a PG thirteen, and uh, what it what it kind of reminds me of is a little bit of what they were trying to do in 1986 with Transformers the movie, in that you know, granted it, it's not as large of a span, but basically you've got you know kids that were younger now they're a little bit older, and you know got kind of trying to go for a more uh, mature audience. In fact, this might actually be a more fully realized uh, version of what they were trying to do uh, with Transformers the movie originally. So I, I'm kind of all for it. It looks kind of cute. Um, I, I don't know if uh, um, the likelihood of me going to see it, but I don't know if I specifically oppose its its uh, existence kind of in the way that I I'm really uh, reluctant and kind of salty about uh, something called Toy Story 4. So. Um, again, like I said, a, a lot of people I know have been uh, sharing this and have been excited about it. So, um, you know, same deal. Let me know what you think. And and yeah, I can uh, dig deeper into it and we could talk about it. All right. So uh, I, I, I guess I can't put it off anymore. Um, you know, as, uh, as you already know, because you've been, uh, um, you know, uh, been on social media all day and have probably seen, uh, plenty of, uh, news reports and, and the like, um, Stanley, who was the legendary writer, editor, and longtime publisher of Marvel Comics, uh, whose uh, fantastical but still flawed uh, characters and creations uh, made him a real-life superhero to comic book lovers everywhere. He uh, passed away this morning, uh, Monday, uh, November 12th, um, at the age of 95. Now, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, I, I, I saw reports from TMZ and, uh, and a few other sources, but it was the Hollywood reporter, uh, that got my click and they, uh, they had a, uh, 
a very nicely written article that that I'm going to share a little bit of. But uh, they also made a tribute clip uh, that I am going to play for you as well. Um, Stan Lee, who began in the business in 1939, um, he created or co-created much of the Marvel Universe as we know it, including Spider-Man, the X-Men, the Mighty Thor, Iron Man, the Fantastic Four, Black Panther, the Incredible Hulk, Daredevil, and Ant-Man, among countless, countless other characters. Um, uh, He passed away at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles, um, as a family representative uh, told The Hollywood uh, Reporter. Um, so here's a here's a piece that they uh, the Hollywood reporter uh, put up that I would like to play for you and actually encompasses um, a lot of uh, the audio and the clips that I was going to compile myself and share with you anyway. Um, so. Um, so, yeah. This comic strip is lame and derivative. I'll be the judge of that. Oh, we... Stan Lee! Creator of Marvel Comics? Greetings, true believers. It's like playing a game. Some people like to play cards. Some people like to play golf. I like to play coming up with ideas for movies or books or whatever. That's fun. You know, I guess one person can make a difference. Enough said. Invitation, sir. Um, I should be on that list. Name? Stanley. Yeah, uh, nice try, buddy. No, nice no, try. really, nice I'm Stanley. Yeah. I've tried to write stories that anybody and everybody would enjoy. I've tried to make them understandable enough and exciting or suspenseful or interesting enough for youngsters to hold their interest. And I've tried to make them hopefully intelligent enough for older people. Are you Tony Stank? Yes, this is this is Tony Stank. You're in the right place. I've got the usual for you. Good to have you back, sir. Thanks. Simple. Any questions? Yeah. Can I have my shoe back? They look happy, don't they? What, the bras? No, the couple. They look happy. I guess, as far as couples go. You know, it reminds me of an issue of Spider-Man I did when Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy went lingerie shopping. Of course, the Green Goblin showed up, and he... Pumpkin bombed the hell out of the place. But aside from that, it, it's pretty much the same thing. Oh, my God. I'm proudest of the fact that maybe some of the things I've done have entertained people. And you know, whether that's Spider-Man or Sergeant Fury and his howling commandos or the thing yelling clobbering time, I'm, I'm happy that some people have enjoyed it. Ah, Stanley, 1922 to 2018. And at 95 years old, 
none of us were, I don't know if I, if surprised is a word that we would use. Uh, in fact, uh, Lucky and I were joking uh, uh, earlier this morning, uh, shortly after we heard the news and had, uh, you know, kind of corroborated it to our, to our satisfaction. It's like, cause, cause we really didn't see what cause of death was. Um, you know, he had been, uh, quite frankly, in failing health for uh, for the last couple years um, and had, you know, recently, I want to say last year uh, or maybe even year before, I, I might be getting it uh, confused, but basically kind of did like the the farewell tour, like, um, you know, just at the different uh, uh, Comic Cons where, you know, OK, well, this billing it as Stan's last appearance. Um, so, again, he had he had been in failing health had uh you know bouts of pneumonia and uh so so we joked a little bit but but i'm sorry i'm getting ahead i'm getting mixed up um i even through what i've seen there there wasn't like a specific cause of death given but we joked that uh yeah it was uh due to complications of being a 95 year old man um (laughs) <laughs> no rim shot for me. That's 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 a terrible joke and very ghoulish. Uh, Stanley's final few years uh, were tumultuous uh, after his wife of 69 years, Joan, uh, passed away last year in 2017. Uh, you know, th- there were uh, lawsuits and uh, allegations of elder abuse and, uh, you know, him being taken advantage, uh, allegedly, uh, by, uh, business managers. Like, um, like even I, I read a story at one point that like his blood was being drawn, uh, to be added to the ink for like some, uh, variant covers for comic books or something. Uh, just, uh, just some, a really upsetting ghoulish stuff. And I, I remember that, you know, kind of like in the latter part of 2017, you know, people were kind of like, uh, is Stan okay? And so I, I'd like to think that, you know, he's, uh, he's peacefully resting now. Um, and maybe, uh, um, hanging out with, uh, you know, all of his, uh, uh, collaborators that, you know, he, he had tumultuous relationships with. I, 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 I wonder, uh, how, how, uh, uh, you know, once he gets on the other side of the gates, what, uh, uh, Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko and, you know, a lot of the other artists that he's, uh, collaborated with, uh, that have since passed on, uh, what, what that, what that meeting would be like. Um, but I, I think the thing that meant the most to me about Stanley was just, uh, the, the same thing that means a lot to you is, you know, just this, this vast tapestry of characters that he brought into this world that, you know, he was instrumental in their creation. And, and again, like, like I was just saying, there's, you know, plenty of books and articles and material about, you know, creator disputes and, you know, who created what, and, you know, I mean, you'll have that. Um, but what Stanley brought to his creations that was missing from, uh, other comic book characters of the day was a certain level of humanity, 
right? Um, that was the charm of the Marvel characters. They they were flawed. They were um, every man. You know, they 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 were relatable. You know, they they could be you. They could be me. Um, and and you know whether whether accidentally or on purpose or or what they you know a, a lot of them had some kind of handicap i mean you know daredevil was blind you know uh thor and his alter ego of dr donald blake you know walked with a limp uh you know the incredible hulk was a you know uh, uh probably had all kinds of you know he was a rage monster basically and 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 i'm i'm if i peel at that too much maybe that that doesn't hold as much weight as i would like but but you get the idea that unlike say uh superman who is you know uh well it's kind of there in his name and even batman who is very probably my favorite comic book character um you know he's he has occasionally the 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 superman problem and especially you know in the latter day you know post grant morrison uh, jla uh, bat god stories um but but th- there there was always a humanity and a relatability to the the marvel characters that i think appealed to all of us and that that's certainly what appealed to me was that you know, um, you know, because who hasn't been an awkward teenager, um, you know, and when I was really into comic books, when I was in high school, that that Marvel effect had really kind of uh, was more prevalent in um, a lot of mainstream comics. Like I, I remember, you know, reading uh, Robin comics, you know, written by Chuck Dixon and stuff. And I, I remember relating with that a lot. And um, one of my uh, very favorite uh, comic books when I was in high school and for, for a while after was uh, Green Lantern, uh, the Kyle Rayner version of uh, created by uh, writer Ron Mars and artist Daryl Banks. And I, I've I've told Ron Mars this uh, several times at uh, comic book conventions when I've met him and had him uh, sign some of my comics, and I've told him that Kyle Rayner was my Peter Parker. In that, like, you know, he was into Nine Inch Nails and and drew comic books and, and illustrations and all that. And it was really um, and in fact, we even had kind of like a similar haircut. I'm 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 I don't know how I made this uh, talking about Green Lantern uh, when I should be talking about Stan Lee. But but my point of that is that that's the legacy of uh, Stan Lee and the Marvel uh, model of characters in that you know they're they're flawed and and relatable and i don't know i mean i i think one of my my favorite things about stanley and a lot of folks have have said this as a criticism but i always thought it was um uh mostly charming and and funny was just his shameless self-promotion um you know and and he was a larger than life character and i think he enjoyed being that larger than life presence you know just with all the uh, the catchphrases you know true believers and excelsior and and just just that that bombastic personality that they um 
that that he would bring to the table. I I remember um, years and years ago, I I had a conversation with my uncle who had just uh, watched that Simpsons episode that you heard in the clip uh, with Stan Lee on it, and you know we, we were talking about comics and whatnot, and he's like, so what what's so so what's the DC version? of uh stanley and and i i kind of shook my head and you know i i i told him about a couple you know high profile personalities but i go but there there's only one stanley i mean whether it's you know stumping for marvel comics which you know obviously he hasn't been involved with marvel publishing for gosh i don't even know how many years um but just you know he he was he was a one of a kind of personality to where you can just say Stan Lee and know exactly uh who um um who was being referred to and you know you could probably pull down a couple of those uh phrases on the quick like you know an excelsior you know uh, uh true believers or or whatnot but um yeah no i like i I I kind of liked the the running gag of the cameos. You know, I did an episode I I want to say almost a year ago now where I kind of like ranked the Stanley cameos and and not all of them are great. In fact, a fair portion of them are pretty uh um uh pretty cringeworthy at times. Um but I still appreciate the fun of the connectivity of what that represented for this this Marvel Cinematic Universe that 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 you know Marvel Studios and Disney uh built up um and it harkens back to you know the comic books of the 60s you know where that that was you know that that was kind of Stan's thing it's like well let's set it in New York um because well that's where we all live that's what we all know and that gives you know, these characters, the opportunity to play in the, in the same sandbox. And that's, that's an approach that we're still seeing in these types of stories today. Now, I, I know I was just kind of trashing on uh comicbook.com just a little bit ago, but I was, uh, I, I was just going through their feed and, uh, tributes have been coming in all day long. In fact, I had to, uh, uh, close both my Facebook and my Twitter uh, because that that's just whatever is all over uh, my timeline just throughout. I mean, like, again, like I said, it, my, my day was marked by uh, before Stan Lee passed away where, you know, it's all uh, Detective Pikachu and Toy Story 4 and after Stan Lee passed away and then it's just been, but there's, um, so comicbook.com uh, aggregated um uh a whole lot of uh posts and and uh from from luminaries all all over the industry so i i'm going to read uh, a few of these because a lot of these folks are more articulate than myself 
Um, so I think maybe in reading through some of their tributes, I might uh, find my voice as well and and uh, contribute more of what I have to say. So uh, Kevin Feige on Twitter wrote, no one has had more of an impact on my career and everything we do at Marvel Studios than Stan Lee. Stan leaves an extraordinary legacy that will outlive us all. Our thoughts are with his daughter, his family and his millions of fans. Um, Robert Downey Jr. issued his statement about Stan Lee uh, quicker than most, as one would expect, uh, posting a photo on Instagram. Uh, I owe it all to you. Rest in peace, Stan. Um, and, and of course, we all know, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was kind of in career limbo. Uh, before uh, before that first Iron Man, and now he's one of the biggest and most highest paid stars in the world, and that's thanks to Iron Man and you know the uh, kicking off the entire uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, that that it started. Uh, Chris Evans, uh, obviously uh, Captain America uh, in the movies, uh, tweeted: "There will never be another Stan Lee. For decades, he provided both young and old with adventure, escape, comfort, confidence, inspiration." strength, friendship, and joy. He exuded love and kindness and will leave an indelible mark on so, so, so many lives. Excelsior! Exclamation point. Um, Marvel's latest Spider-Man is taking the angle of the luckiest to be here because of Stan Lee. Um, and uh, uh, posting on Instagram, how many millions of us are indebted to this guy? None more so than me. The father of Marvel has made so many people so incredibly happy. What a life and what a thing to have achieved. Rest in peace, Stan. Uh, Lou Ferrigno, uh, the Incredible Hulk of TV fame. Uh, not enough words to post about my dear friend Stan Lee. My life wouldn't be the same without his incredible talent as a creator, storyteller, and friend. Rest in peace, Stan. You'll be missed. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, the current Hulk of uh, the the Avengers movies. Sad, sad day, uh, he tweets. Rest in power, Uncle Stan. You have made the world a better place through the power of modern mythology and your love of of this messy business of being human. Um, Tom Hardy is the latest star to earn some big Marvel movie success as Sony's Venom uh, continues stacking up box office receipts. He uh, posted a, a photo of himself and Stan, uh, presumably on the, the Venom set. And as it as it now stands, uh, Venom will also be one of the last uh, Stanley cameos uh, that, that we'll get. Um, though... Probably not the last, um, because I, I was thinking about this. Uh, Lucky and I were talking about it. I mean, Avengers 4 is done. Uh, Captain Marvel is done. So um, presumably those would probably be the last two. And I can't help but wonder how much additional weight and significance uh, that is going to have um and, and and what the content of those cameos end up being 
Um, when I when I was talking to Lucky before I left work, I had mentioned that you know my my favorite Stanley cameo is his uh, uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, where he's hanging out on the moon or a moon uh, with uh, with uh, um, all the Watchers. And the one that kind of reconciles all of his other cameos kind of into like one canon if if you squint hard enough. Um, but I, I thought that that would always be a cool one to just kind of have that one be the last one. But but, you know, Stan, I mean, he just, uh, you know, Stanley just can't get enough of himself. And and again, that grandiose self-promotion. And um, I, I just um, I I. I get the feeling that I will probably watch those last couple cameos with like the accidental uh, reverence and significance um, with um, uh, when Princess Leia shows up at the end of Rogue One. And, um, you know, I I, I remember watching it the uh, second time you know, after after Carrie Fisher had passed away and it and it suddenly had so much more weight to it than it had. I mean, it was it was a goofy cameo uh, from from a computer generated cartoon um, of a D.H. Carrie Fisher. And it was no big deal. But suddenly, like, you know, she passes away a week after the the movie comes out and suddenly it's it's so much more. Um, so much more. And and I just wonder if those uh, remaining uh, Stanley cameos are um, um, if that will fall into that same category or not. Now, um, something else to ponder is, you know, what does Marvel do from here? Does um, so presumably those would be the end of the cameos. Um, but. I wouldn't put it past uh, Disney and Marvel to, you know, I mean, are we going to look at a computer generated Stan Lee cameo? Not not like in Big Hero 6. I mean, I'm talking like, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin in in Rogue One. Um, I mean, they, they certainly have the technology. So um, and 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 it's weird that the Disney uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm just going to say Disney. I keep meaning to say Disney Marvel, but but they, they've been working on this uh, de-aging technology for, I mean, the, the better part of the last decade. Um, I mean, you even see some of it in, uh, you know, the beginnings of it in Tron Legacy. And then, you know, you go to these other Marvel movies where you where suddenly uh, the culmination of it is going to be in Captain Marvel, where you have Samuel L. Jackson and and Clark Gregg as as Agent Coulson, you know, running around all all de-aged for what appears to be, um, you know, the better portion of the movie. But but, yeah, Disney has the technology now to not only, uh, um, you know, cure age but to also raise the dead and i wonder if that's going to be a concern i mean i i hope that that's somehow addressed in stanley's final wishes and his will uh not all that dissimilar to robin williams i mean it's like he had something specifically in his will to where it's like my likeness is not to be used for anything um so um yeah it I, I would like to hope that 
if there was to be something like that. Like, uh, I would be okay with if you do like one thing as a send off, because I would imagine that the cameos that he did in Avengers 4 and Captain Marvel are probably just going to be kind of, you know, blink and you miss it type of Stanley cameos, you know, where he's a bus driver, a FedEx delivery guy, or something, something unremarkable to where after that's done, it's like, oh, well, well that that's kind of like lame for a last one. I could, I could see uh, the Disney necromancers, you know, raising... Uh, the computer-generated uh, Stan Lee monster cartoon uh, from the grave for one last cameo. And if they pull it off, it could be something that that's that's satisfactory and 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 really cool. or it could just be horribly ghoulish. And and in poor taste, uh, uh, time uh, time will tell because, I mean, I was watching Rogue One again not too long ago and I I remember thinking it was cool that they incorporated Tarkin in the movie. But I also think that for um, a likeness of an actor that has been dead for over 20 years that character spends way too much time in the movie. And I think that's what has, you know, a couple years removed from that. I think that's what bothers me now is that it would be fine if he shows up in a cameo or, you know, if I mean, but I mean, I mean, that that computer generated uh, Tarkin creature is is probably practically third build in that movie. I mean, I mean, that character is in that movie a lot. So, um and again, I just um, the more I see it and more I think on it, the less OK with it I am. Uh, your mileage might vary, but um, but yeah, no, that that was just um, that, that was just something off the wall I wanted to share um, some. Uh, um, so, uh, oh, that's how I got on this topic. Uh, cameos. Um, so, uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, tweeted a photo of Stan Lee, um, as in his, uh, uh, famous, uh, strip club DJ, uh, cameo from Deadpool, uh, damn, uh, RIP Stan, thanks for everything. Um, and yeah, it just, uh, it just goes on, you know, uh, uh Instagram fo- posts from Sebastian Stan, uh, Hugh Jackman, uh, uh, Winston Duke of uh, you know Man Ape Umbaku from uh, from Black Panther. Uh, thank you, Stan Lee. You gave us uh, characters that continue to stand the test of time and evolve with our consciousness. You taught us that there are no limits to our future as long as we have access to our imagination. Rest in power. Hashtag Excelsior. Um, and yeah, like I said, it just it just. Um, it just continues. I, I'm, uh, I'll, uh, uh, post a link on the show notes, uh, for you to check out. And I, I, I'm sure you've seen 
uh, plenty, uh, plenty of others as well on your own feeds. But the uh, uh, the last one, the one I wanted to close out on and read was um, was, of course, from uh, Kevin Smith, who uh, posted this uh, along with a, uh, <laughs> a hilarious photo. I've never seen this picture before, but it's of um, uh, Stan Lee sitting on a throne, um, a very large throne uh, flanked by both uh, Kevin Smith and Jamie off to either side with a couple uh, uh, lion creatures, both with uh, with Jay and Silent Bob heads on them. And um, so he, uh, uh, Kevin Smith writes, uh, this is how I'll always see you. Um, As our benevolent leader and king smiling down from your eternal throne on the generations of imaginations you fed and inspired, you were the first creator whose voice I knew before I'd ever actually heard it. You dreamed up some of my favorite modern myths and created characters that instilled in me a moral barometer, teaching me right from wrong and showing me it's always better to be a hero instead of a villain. Your characters represented us. Yes, they had extraordinary, unbelievable abilities, but they were also reflections of a world we knew, where a Spider-Man is really just a boy who wants to help. You showed me how to interact with the audience whenever you stepped onto Stan's soapbox to reach out to your readers. You showed me how to advocate for my field beyond the actual art itself whenever you tub-thumped for comic books outside of the medium. It was never enough for you to simply make a comic because you were a true salesman at heart. Uh, So you not only sold comics, you sold me on comics, so much so that I built a life and career around your dreams and ideals. When you did Mallrats with us, you not only made a lifelong fan's dream come true, you also lent me comic book credibility that I still get to spend today. And whether it was for comic book men or yoga hosers, (laughs) wherever I asked to borrow your heat again, you were always there for me with a smile. Your love story with Joni and your long happy marriage always shined as an example of uh, what I wanted for my personal life. I long admired and emulated your kindness and patience and sense of humor when dealing with your public. Outside of my parents, you were the only one adult who gave me the most useful life skills I still use today. Thank you, Stan, for making me not only the boy I was, but also the man I am today. You had great power and you always used it responsibly, fostering billions of dreamers who all know your name, a name written in the stars for all time. You were not just the literary titan of comic books. You were our modern day Mark Twain. I will miss you all of my days, my friend and hero, Excelsior forevermore, signed Kevin Smith. So, yeah, um, he uh, uh, touched on um, a couple of things I wanted to loop back around to. Um, one was his, uh, you know, uh, marriage to his wife, Joan. Um Uh, A friend of mine, Andrew, had uh, posted on my Facebook that, you know, um, since she passed away last year, um, he was um, really never quite the same. And he speculated that he uh, um, uh, 
ultimately died of a broken heart, and I uh, I could believe that. I, in the clip that um, I, I obviously it's a podcast, you can't uh, watch it, but well, you can if you click on the link in the show notes. But um, but there, there's there's um, I, I remember in a few of the cameos, um, uh, she got to play along as well, and she was in uh, X Men Apocalypse. Um, along with Stan and they, they just kind of like, you know, held each other as they were terrified outside of their home. But I, 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 I remember smiling wryly seeing that. And I'm like, all right, that I see what you're doing there. You know, that's, that's great. That that's fun. And, um, and yeah, I, I think he's onto something there. Um, I, I, I think I've, I've belabored it enough. Um, you know, I, I could play for you hours worth of clips because again the man was very prolific and you know never never really said no to to much especially if it gave him the opportunity to promote you know stan lee and you know just uh you know talking to the true believers um and yeah uh the the last thing i wanted to talk about before i moved on is I, I have a brief story and it's it's not it's not spectacular. I probably should have told it earlier um, so that it didn't have like the the expectation of impact uh, that this, uh, uh, you know, telling it at the end does now um, to, you know, kind of suck the wind, have my own story. But I, I never met Stanley and I had a couple opportunities like you know he's uh he's been to Emerald City Comic Con um i i would say maybe a half dozen times i mean maybe that's exaggerating but it, but it was at least uh three times that i can think of specifically and um i you know it's and I've talked about this on the on the show before about, you know, regrets about, you know, not getting uh, pictures or autographs uh, from certain celebrities. And and the one that I I still maybe kick myself for a little bit was not um, uh, seeing Leonard Nimoy uh, when I had the chance when he was at Emerald City Comic Con. I was I was younger. I was a little more impetuous and maybe a little more strategic in that I thought that the crowds for the celebrities would draw people off of the show floor, thereby freeing up some real estate and giving me more freedom of movement to, you know, get sketches and to get comics autographed and to meet creators, which is really what I was there for. And and that came to pass. That's exactly what happened. But but after Leonard Nimoy passed, I, you know, I, I did kind of have that pang of regret. So I did have those same opportunities um, uh, for Stan Lee. Um, and uh, it came down to a couple things. Cost, mostly. Um, uh, investment of time. Um, because, I mean, that's that's an all day thing. Um, and I had that same strategy of like, you know what, I just, I, I have quote unquote better things to do with my convention going experience than this. And another thing was, is quite frankly, someone that prolific, I don't know what I would get autographed. Uh, what, what one comic book 
could I come up with to have Stan Lee autograph? I mean, I don't have a Spider-Man number one or or anything like that. And even if I did, you you wouldn't want to ruin it with uh, with an autograph. So. Um, Again, I, sometimes my priorities were, were misaligned, but the second time he uh, uh, came to the Emerald City Comic Con, I had that exact same thought process and dilemma. But this time I thought, you know what, I am going to go watch his panel. And it was exactly what I imagined it would be. It was uh, I had to get there first thing in the morning. The line wrapped all the way around the convention center um, and, you know, it, and and it was a large investment of my time and of my day and of my convention going experience. But being in there watching him, I don't remember the the nice lady that that was moderating, uh, but but she was great. She, you know, uh, asked the right kind of softball questions to, you know, basically just get him to tell his stories. I mean, the 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 thing that I enjoy about Stanley is just listening to him tell his stories in that Stanley cadence, you know, that, that very much, you know, enthusiastic grandfatherly, uh, type of thing, you know, like, like, you know, like you want a storyteller to be. And it was always fun to listen to him, uh, tell the same stories that you've heard over and over again. Um, but, you you also kind of wonder which version you're going to get because you know uh over the years details have shifted and moved and and you get to a point where it doesn't matter you know you're just there for the story just to listen to him tell it and i um i remember it being kind of a transportative uh experience for me i you know i suddenly felt you know 10 years younger and I'm just like, wait a second. I'm in the same room with Stan Lee. This is pretty cool. And, you know, like all that that cynicism kind of melted away for a while. Um, and and then they opened it up for Q&A and and all these uh, knuckleheads with their with questions about current comics, current movies. Uh, and again, I, it's it, it's kind of frustrating uh, that that you know when when people ask those kinds of questions, not understanding the whole process. I mean, I I ran into this at TFCon where where people are asking uh, writer Flint Dilly about like toy related stuff. It's like, well, why why does this figure have this? Blah 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 blah. You know, all all these dumb questions or like uh, about like the animation errors. Um, you know, he's the writer. I mean, there, there's only so much that he could speak to. And it was kind of the same thing with Stan Lee's like, you know, I mean, he never said this uh, from his, uh, you know, own mouth. But basically at, at, you know, for the last, oh, I don't know, using round numbers, 20 years, he's been basically a glorified mascot that, you know, you, you know, he kind of trots around, Hey kids, it's Stan Lee. And, you know, and, and that's what we wanted out of it, but that doesn't mean that he has anything to do with anything that, you know, either the movies or the comics or anyway, I'm getting far afield on that and kind of, kind of sullying my own story. But I, I just remember being a little salty about that at the time, but, um, 
So I never did meet him. I never did, uh, uh, you know, get in that line to get anything autographed. But I, I remember last year, at last year's Emerald City Comic Con, uh, uh, a friend of mine uh, from KGRG, uh, Corbin, who was, um, it, it was his first Emerald City Comic Con. In fact, I think it was his first convention, period. Um, and he... Uh, um, I, I I might be telling the story wrong, but but basically more or less he he went through the line, he did all of it, and he got a picture with Stan Lee, and just the the youthful enthusiasm, um, again makes that that cynicism melt away, and there was just something uh, transportative and kind of magical about that, and I think that's what. Stan Lee's contribution to the pop culture and the culture at large is, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, Kevin Smith just compared him to modern day Mark Twain. I I would say that he's also a uh, Walt Disney like uh, character and well as well in that there there's a certain magic that that would come from Stan Lee to where it's like, are you for real? Um, and I think I'll leave it there for now, but if, uh, if you would like to share your thoughts, um, on the passing of Stan Lee and what he meant to you, I hadn't even really talked about, you know, like my particular favorite characters or stories. I mean, I talked about Green Lantern a lot, but, uh, but no, if, if, if you have Stan Lee memories that you would, uh, like to share with me and would like to share on the air, you know, hit me up, uh, Mike Seibert radio and I'll, uh, um, and yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely talk about it and share it. All right, let's move on. I mean, you didn't think I was really going to be able to get out of here without talking about everybody's favorite shape-shifting alien war robots, did you? Well, I do have some Transformers news, and I'm keeping it local uh, because I saw a post on uh, Facebook a few days ago announcing uh, that CybeFest Northwest 2019 will be held July 27th at the Kent Commons Community Center. Um, CybeFest Northwest is the unofficial Transformers convention in the Pacific Northwest uh, by the fans for the fans, and uh, this is their press release uh, on on their website, uh, the sixth annual Cybefest Northwest Transformers Convention, uh, Northwest Fan Ventures is pleased to announce the sixth year of the Cybertronian Festival. Cybefest Northwest will celebrate all things Transformers with a Pacific Northwest spin. Cybefest will take place on July twenty seventh, two thousand nineteen, at Kent Commons in Kent, Washington, about twenty miles south of Seattle. Cybefest uh, is a sister convention to the long-running CybeCon festival that ran from 2000 to 2013. Uh, fans of all ages will be able to experience all things Transformers, from purchasing Transformers to games, panels, and displays. Uh, pre-registration will open closer to the show, and there will be many more announcements to come, so be sure and keep an eye on their website. I'll have a link in the show notes. It's uh, CybeFestNW.com for all the latest information regarding this exciting convention. 
Um, if you are a new or longtime fan, come celebrate all things Transformers at Cybefest Northwest. And as I've talked about on the show before, I had the opportunity to go to last year's Cybefest. Uh, it was held in August, and um, it, it was a great experience for me. And now that I've returned from TFCon Chicago, um, the Cybefest was actually like a really good primer and really kind of like a good introduction for me into kind of like the larger uh, Transformers community. Like, uh, you know, I, I got connected with uh, Ben, one of the uh, organizers of the con, he along with uh, uh, several other folks. Um, and just, yeah, I, I got to know um, a handful of fans, including um, uh, uh, Ryan, who I uh, bumped into at least two or three different times and had a bunch of uh, misconnections um, uh, in Chicago. In fact, it, it was kind of funny because like um, we both flew out at around the same time, but he was on um, Alaska and I was on United where we're like on opposite ends of the airport. But I, I remember I, I bumped into him like a good couple times and I, I met him at a, a side fest and ran into him later in uh, uh, TFCon Chicago. Uh, but anyway, I, 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 I really like the vibe and the aesthetic of uh, Cybefest because it, it's it's just a really cool uh, dealer show in that there's, you know, uh, traveling vendors, there's local vendors, everybody's selling stuff from, you know, vintage toys to loose toys to broken toys to third-party toys. Um, like Ages 3 and Up had a, had a table last time uh, for a lot of the third-party stuff. Um, you know, I just... Um, you know, along with uh, local artists. I mean, like Ben Hansen was there. I've talked about him a few times. Um, and it it really was kind of like, it, it felt to me like a smaller version of what I would encounter when I went to TFCon. You know, just in terms of even like, you know, like the art and the crafting and all of it. It was, it was, it was a very, very positive experience. And um, I, I'm really excited that they're, they're announcing this very early. Um, and it, it just now occurs to me that uh, TFCon uh, Los Angeles is going to be in March and this uh, the show will, will be at the end of June, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects things and, and perhaps what the uh, impact and repercussions would be on that. But um, something I told uh, Ben and I and I've you know posted this in some of the uh, Sidefest groups on Facebook is that I'm excited to help promote this on my side. So, you know, uh, keep listening in future episodes for, um, you know, uh, interviews perhaps with uh, show organizers, maybe even some vendors, uh, artists. Uh, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see what I come up with because, yeah, I, I'm uh, this uh, for something that I um discovered or, or was was put on my radar the week of the show this is something that has suddenly uh become very special to me and I'm very uh excited uh, to be able to support. So just uh, uh, keep listening for more information in the future. Uh, you know, uh, follow them on social media, uh, Cybefest NW on both Facebook and Twitter. And and again, I'm just 
I, I'm really excited uh, to continue to be a supporter and be involved with uh, this uh, this fandom and this uh, this uh, uh, community of Transformers fans. It's uh, it's it's really been a lot of fun. And that will do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, it was a rough one. Um, and and there was a bunch of stuff I didn't get to tonight that I intended to, like shout outs um, and uh, some other podcasts that I've been a guest on recently. Um, I'll maybe do that as a separate episode later this week, depending upon how Dave is feeling and how soon we record our Bohemian Rhapsody episode. Uh, uh, but regardless, again, thank you for listening. I greatly appreciate it. And if you would like to listen to my past episodes, including all of my college radio shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, the Stitcher Radio app, Apple Podcasts, and on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. And if you would like to leave a review on iTunes, five stars, please. I will read your review and I'll give you a shout out on the air. And if you're an independent artist and would like to be a guest on the show, let me know and I'll get you on the schedule. Same goes if you're interested in being a guest co-host during an upcoming episode. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MikeSybertRadio, and write into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. And again, the spelling on that is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. My name is Mike, this has been Mike Cybert Radio, and until next time, make good choices. 